in this teaching created to be in the image of Christ. This is session one. This is prayer and the word of God. Two basic uh, disciplines in the Christian life that will help conform us to the image of Jesus Christ is prayer and the scriptures. So what is prayer? One of the early Christian leaders named Tertullian in his treatise on prayer said this, prayer is the one thing that can conquer God. Christ has willed that it should work no evil and has given it all power over good. So prayer is something that the Lord has given to work good in our life and the lives of others. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So the most important thing in our relationship to God is nurturing that relationship through daily prayer. Yet it's no mistake for sure that a lot of Christians are dissatisfied with their daily prayer life. They find it either too superficial or they find themselves often distracted. They find it inconsistent and very oftentimes too short. So we'll be looking in this teaching about how to develop a prayer life with five steps that will ensure um, uh, cultivating a relationship with God, uh, a response that we make to his invitation to friendship. Let's begin first by saying, uh, what's the right attitude to have regarding prayer? It's, first of all, we ask the Lord like the disciples did in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, Jesus was healing the sick, he was preaching, he was teaching, and the disciples didn't ask him to show us how to teach or preach or how to heal the sick. They asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. So there was something about his prayer life that was outstanding and significant. Prayer feeds our lives. Prayer is a gift. It's a gift because Christian prayer is based on knowing the Lord and knowing the power of this Holy Spirit. It's this Holy Spirit that stirs up and anoints us and moves in us through prayer. Prayer is also based on us being part of the body of Christ and how we stand with Jesus and the body of Christ in prayer. We stand with the angels and the saints in prayer. We're able to worship not alone, but as a a great community with the Lord now, but also with the Lord forever. Prayer is a tremendous gift. We should desire to pray. We should seek to pray. We should thirst to pray. We should make decisions to pray. We should repent when we don't live up to those decisions. So prayer is a gift that draws us into union with God. It can change us, transform us in our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. It can inspire us. Prayer simply is like saying, I belong to God. I am his son and daughter. I'm royalty. I have the first pledge of my inheritance is being his son and daughter. Uh, Regardless of what happens to me, I'm in the company of saints and the apostles, and I'm destined to live forever with him. My prayer life, because of it, I can be victorious. What a magnificent gift we have in prayer the Lord gives us. So when we talk about prayer, it's coming to that first place of having the right attitude regarding prayer. Um, In Mark chapter 1, verse 35 and 37, the disciples came to Jesus and said, everyone is looking for you. He was absorbed in prayer at the time that Simon and his companions found Jesus. Jesus was quite clearly a person of prayer. We read... um, 
in the Gospels that he would rise early to pray. He would pray sometimes through the nights, sometimes before making important decisions. He prayed before ministry, during ministry, and after ministry. You know, uh, Of course, the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It's not so much uh, the repeating of words, um, but it's more of what we say when we come to pray. It's cultivating an attitude of prayer. A French spiritual writer in the 60s, 1960s, said that, by the name of Louis Evely, said that we live the way we pray and we pray the way we live. So um, if I want to change the way I live, I need to change the way I pray. Or another way of saying that is I can tell how my prayer life is going by the way I'm living. So um, I forgive I let go of hurts, I let go of wounds in my life I, uh, because of the way I pray. That's going to influence. Another kind of like maxim of prayer is no time to prayer. pray means no faith in God. Uh, this may sound difficult, of course, and kind of hard to hear, but if we don't take time to pray, it's going to be hard for us to cultivate a relationship with the Lord, and it's going to be difficult to put our trust in him. Uh, so what's faith? Well, faith is a dependence upon God. Uh, it's someone I believe in who I don't see. Um, faith is a belief that God is the answer. It's a faith is means that my relationship to God is more important than any other relationship in my life. So if I don't pray to cultivate that relationship, then I'm going to not have a whole lot of trust in my life regarding him. So it's important to pray because it cultivates faith in the Lord himself. And lastly, uh, it's reported of St. Ignatius of Loyola that um, that he said, um, I'm sure you've heard this before, pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. Actually, Ignatius said it rather this way, pray as if everything depends on you and work as if everything depends on God. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think Ignatius meant it this way, when you invest yourself totally in prayer, you're united to God and to his vision and to his power, and you go forth without any anxiety or fear as to what's going to happen. So then you work in a way, in such a way that, um, that you know, it's going to be that you do what you need to do, but God will take care of the rest. God will work it out, in other words. God will make it work. But it's important that we invest ourselves in him, and that comes through prayer. Let's look at some of the practicalities in prayer. First is we look at the setting or the place to pray. It's important that Mark, St. Mark says in chapter 1, verse 35, that Jesus went off to pray. Finding a place to pray, a place that um, is, uh, is really your place, a place where you can express your heart before God, a place where you can express, your, um, express yourself, a place where you can hear him, a place where you can be free of distractions as much as possible. And then the second aspect of that is finding uh, a right time to pray. In other words, making an appointment with God. Um, We make appointments in our life with so many people and situations, don't we not? We make an appointment with uh, doctors and, um, you know, uh, important people uh, in our life that can help us get somewhere in life. And uh, we make all kinds of appointments. Why not make an appointment with God? An appointment with God is an appointment that says that my time with God is really significant, important. I'm kind of carving it in and making a commitment to it. So making an appointment with God expresses the significance and importance of the relationship. 
rather than just simply let prayer happen if it happens, it's important things in our life we make appointments for. And of course, an important relationship in my life is prayer. Also, take with you to prayer uh, two things, a Bible and a prayer journal. A prayer journal uh, will, uh, will record how God has dealt with you, is dealing with you in your prayer time. We'll cover both of these in a few moments. First, what do you do in prayer? First is you praise God. Um, a way to say praise God is simply another way of saying is to acknowledge God, to acknowledge who he is as the creator of the universe, as the savior, the redeemer. Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 through 12 um, says this, After this I saw before me a huge crowd which no one could count from every nation and race and people and tongue. They stood before the throne and the Lamb, dressed in a long white robe and holding the palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation is from our God who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and four living creatures fell down before the throne to worship God. They said, Amen, praise and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor, power and might to our God forever and ever. Amen. That's the kind of relationship we're called to have with God. That's praise. Um, Praise is expressing the greatness of God. It's acknowledging how wonderful he is. It's acknowledging the beauty and the majesty of who he is. Many of the Psalms in the Bible tell us how to praise God. Psalm 100, for example, Psalm 95, Psalm 34, Psalm 96 and 97, Psalm 98, and go on and on. Uh, look for them. They're in the scriptures. They give us a language to praise God. Also, um, we can praise God with the names of Jesus. Uh, for example, Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Jesus is the Holy One of God. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Mary. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's the great physician. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the Word of God made flesh. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last. And we go on and on. The Bible, particularly the New Testament, is full of the, the names and titles of Jesus that we can praise him with. And lastly, we praise him with the language of the liturgy is helpful. I think particularly of the Gloria. Uh, we praise you. We bless you. We adore you. Or you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. Um, holy, 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 Lord God of power and might. All that is language of praise. Praising God acknowledges that he's the creator, and I'm the creature. Acknowledges that he's the savior, the redeemer, and I'm the redeemed. I am the saved one. You know, acknowledges that as a son or daughter coming before the Lord, I praise him for who he is. Praise is, um, the catechism calls it the highest form of prayer. And so uh, we begin our prayer with praise. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we say. So we praise God. The second thing is we listen uh, and receive revelation or understanding of what the Lord wants us to hear that day. Um, Luke chapter 11, verse 2, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Revelation. What is revelation? It's the word of God in sacred scripture becoming alive to us. It helps us to get and stay in right order before the Lord. Of course, revelation comes in different ways. But first and foremost, revelation comes from the scriptures. It comes as the fruit of deeply praising God, having a clear understanding of his holiness and my unworthiness. 
Revelation is meant to bring change to my life. It's meant to really impress upon my spirit what God wants me to know this day. That's meant to change me. How do I receive revelation? Through first and primary through the scriptures. What is this? What are the scriptures? The scriptures are the living word of God. They're the inspired word of God. The Holy Spirit breathes on the scriptures and brings life to them. God is speaking to your spirit through his word, the scriptures, as moved on you and on the word by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings an anointing to your spirit and to the word of God, and he speaks to you. So when you read the Bible, after you praise God, mark the passages that come alive to you. Um, they're especially helpful when you have dry periods of prayer and you want to go back and try to figure out, you know, it's a dry time for me. What was God saying to me back then? You have it marked up in your Bible. The word of God isn't just for that day. The word is for every day. The Spirit wants to recall that word to your heart. Um, so mark up the Bible. Mark where the Lord has spoken to you on that particular day. And that way you grow accustomed to recognizing his voice. Uh, I like to simply put forth this very simple thing, is that when you, after praising God, when you begin to read the scriptures, just ask yourself the question, Lord, what are you saying to me through this? What are you saying to me through this? Having the right approach would be this. It would mean I come to the scriptures knowing that this is God's word and he wants to speak to me through it, and I'm eager to hear that's a, that's a good approach. It's a good way to listen to God's word in the scriptures. It's a healthy way to approach the Lord. Another aspect of that is to ask questions of the Lord. Lord, what did you mean when you said, thy kingdom come? What did you mean, Lord, when you know, it says that your blood was shed on Calvary? What does it mean, Lord, when St. Paul said, um, you know, the word of God is, like, um, is, is unchained? Ask questions and just kind of sit back and just let the text speak to you, as it were, in your thoughts. People oftentimes ask, how do I know that I'm hearing from God? How do I know he's speaking to me? How do I know that I'm really receiving a word from God? Let me suggest a couple ways to respond to that. First is, has God ever spoken to you this way in the past and dealt with you this way in the past? Um, and secondly, if yes, uh, it's probably what he's talking to you now about. And secondly, is it the God of the Scriptures? In other words, um, God always acts in conformity with his word. He's not going to ask you to do something or speak to you something that's contrary to his word. Um, so the more you get to know God in the Scriptures, uh, the more you'll be able to recognize his voice to you. Now, when I talk about hearing God, I'm not talking necessarily about an audible voice. I'm talking about that still inner voice in your thoughts. Uh, that's the way the Lord speaks and deals with us. Next in the process of prayer is repentance. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Luke chapter 11, verse 4. Repentance simply means to make adjustments in our life in relationship to God. Remember, the Lord died on the cross for you and for me, and he shed his blood to forgive us of our sins. Forgiveness is a gift he gives to us. Repentance simply means to acknowledge those things in my life, things, uh, attitudes, behaviors, relationships, um, that are not congruent with uh, the Lord's uh, holiness, the Lord's presence, what the Lord wants of me. 
It's important that I be real in this aspect of prayer and my relationship to the Lord. Um, I may not feel holy. I may not feel like praying. I may not feel like talking to God or listening to him, but I need to express that before him and get real before him. That sense of honesty opens me up to hearing the Lord speak to me about what adjustments I need to make in my life. So having praised God, having received revelation, then we repent. Um, First, God is the only one who knows our sins and our problems, and he's the only one that can do anything really about them when you stop and think about it. Um, prayer, repentance rather, is, is simply acknowledging what God has already, already knows in my life. So if I repent of a bad attitude towards somebody, it's, God already knows the bad attitude I have. So to repent is to become realistic and honest with myself before him. And when we repent, it's important to acknowledge what we've done wrong, but also to say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me, and I receive your forgiveness. Because the Lord does forgive us when we confess our sins before him. When I draw close to him, he will draw close to, to you. And when I repent and turn away from my sin, he will purify your heart. So the basic steps of repentance are simple. First, I see an action in my life that's maybe wrong or unrighteous. Next, I declare that it's, un- that it's sinful. And I take responsibility by saying, I did it. It's my action. I'm responsible. Then I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And then I try to I make a resolution not to s- sin that area again. Lord, help me to not fall in that area again. So I humble myself before him. Repentance, then, is much more than asking for forgiveness. It's, it means turning my life around towards the Lord to a deeper commitment to him to be a faithful disciple to him. And then next in prayer is petition and intercession. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, the one who knocks, it is it enters. Sometimes we approach this aspect of prayer um, you know, thinking that I don't, don't have a lot of confidence uh, when it comes to, to praying um, and asking for things. We don't have a lot of confidence or faith that God will answer for a lot of different reasons. It's important to remember, first of all, Jesus said to ask and seek and knock. He, he wants us to do these things. And he also told us to ask because he wants to give us our daily bread. He wants to meet our needs and the needs of others that we're praying for. Um, why does he want to do this? Because he's a, a father who loves generously and kindly and wants to bless his sons and daughters. And he wants us to invite him to act in situations. So that's that intercession. What's, what is intercession? Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 7, If you live in me and my words stay part of you, you may ask what you will and it will be done for you. If we commit ourselves to the Lord and we root ourselves in his word, um, then we'll be able to pray with his heart and mind for situations. Intercession simply means this. You know, Lord, uh, this situation is not what it should be. I know you need to get it to a place where you want it to be, Lord. Uh, So I ask you to act in this situation, to move that situation, that person, to a place where they need to be. Only you can do that, Lord. I ask you to act in kindness, act in mercy, act in power on behalf of that person or that situation. Um. Intercession is not difficult. It's uh, 
it's really meant to be something we do with confidence in the Lord's desire to change a situation, to bring it into alignment with what he wants it. Reminds me of the parable of the uh, persistent widow, Luke chapter 18, where she didn't give up. Um, the unjust judge the, um, was evil and he was corrupt. And, um, and yet here, uh, here she is, a, a lowly widow against a powerful man in society, and she's persistent. Jesus kind of says at the end, look, you know, if she can prevail with an unjust judge because of her persistence, how much more will you prevail with a holy, good, loving, just God, my, your Father in heaven? And you're, you're his elect, you're his child, you're his son, his daughter. So we can pray with confidence for situations to change because you're his son and daughter, and he's your heavenly, good Father who wants to bring good and do good things to you. So, intercession. Lastly, in our prayer time, is response and resolutions. What uh, do we mean by this? What you receive in prayer, what the Lord deals with you in prayer, such as areas of needing to deal with in terms of sinfulness or people I need to forgive, um, or things I'm asking for in prayer, or maybe the revelation he brings to me through the scripture, those things should be recorded in prayer. I'm not here talking about a journal. I'm not talking about long writing. I'm just simply a couple notes you jot down and say, on this day that the Lord spoke to me through this passage of scripture, and you know this was the emphasis. Or on this day, he wanted me to really repent of this sin in my life, or... I need to, I, I'm interceding for this situation in my life. I just jot it down and say, it isn't answered yet, but I'm just going to jot it down that, you know, I'm praying for that situation. When we keep a record of how the Lord's dealing with us, speaking to us, things he wants us to pray for, we're giving testimony to how God is working in our life. Let me conclude with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We can pray continually by establishing a disciplined prayer life. And as we do, uh, we will find ourselves growing in union with God. We will find ourselves experiencing the presence and the working of God all through our life situations. So I would encourage you to Set up an appointment with God. Be faithful to it. Set up a time and place that's going to be help, helpful to you. And then praise God. And listen to his, him speak to you in the scriptures. And repent of your sins. And ask for your needs and intercede for other situations. And then finally, jot down what the Lord seems to be saying to you in that particular day. And as you develop a consistent, ongoing, daily prayer life, you will see your life change. And you, it will influence greatly how you live.